Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Be Uncommon, a space for you to step boldly into everything that you're meant to be, a space for you to forget the norms and remember who the hell you are. I'm your host, Aspen King. Let me show you what it means to be uncommon. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to Be Uncommon. I am so excited for today's guest, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear from her. I have been working with her, I guess, I worked with her for the past like 12 weeks. We've been done for a couple of weeks now. Um, But her name is Dempsey, and she's a registered holistic nutritionist and certified integrative health coach. And she actually specializes in women's health and hormones, which was something that I was extremely uh, needing help in. And she really does help busy women like myself just balance those hormones, improve their gut health. And she does it in a natural and holistic way so that we can, you know, live our best lives and have confidence and, you know, make our daily lives a little bit easier because we have enough going on in our daily routines and really just that gain that freedom from digestive and hormone struggles and all of those things. So Dempsey, welcome to Be Uncommon. It's so good to be here. Thank you for having me. And I know that my audience is going to get so much value out of this. I know that 
if I was struggling with it, uh, there are, and as you know, so many women out there that are struggling, which is sad to see, but also so empowering to know that there are people like you out there to help us. So we're going to dive into a few topics today. Um, number one, really just knowing ourselves as women. Number two, the effects of stress on the female body. And number three, women's health and entrepreneurship, because a lot of my listeners are business owners, or even if they're not business owners, you know, working hard in their field and wanting to be really successful in that field. So I'm so freaking excited to dive into all of this because I just can't wait to hear from you on all of these things. Obviously we spent 12 weeks together, but it was very much about me and what I'm struggling with. And I just can't wait to hear, you know, everything that you have. So let's start off with just the importance of knowing yourself as a woman. How important is it to know what makes the female body run smoothly? Because I was really surprised at how little I actually knew. Mm-hmm. And you're not alone. Um, and the thing is, is that women have an entirely different system than men, right? And as you've learned, and this is tied up in our endocrine system, our hormone system. Um, And for just a little bit of context or backstory, I struggled with my cycle for a really long time. My cycle became really long, like more than 40 days. I had a lot of increased symptomatic cycle things like increased anxiety, bad digestion, horrible sleep, um, went through like a long period of insomnia. Other symptoms like severe cystic acne, which now my skin is so clear, it's hard for me to even believe looking back on how bad it was. And when I was going through all of this, no one knew what was wrong with me. Like, I didn't know, obviously, I, I had a psychiatrist tell me that I just needed to find myself, which I mean, I think who's not trying to find themselves. That's kind of like a, a never ending journey. But at the time in that context, it felt really condescending and it felt really unhelpful. Um, and so for through a lot of research, I figured out that my hormones were out of whack. And then it was like, okay, well, what do I do now? And the only thing that doctors were really offering to me was a prescription for the birth control pill. And just every cell in my body was like, no, like this, this can't be a real solution. Um, So I'm going to figure out what's going on. And that's what I did. And then that's what kind of dove me down this whole field of holistic um, nutrition and uh, functional nutrition and led me to get educated in it. And, and then what happened was when I started getting more educated, started to bridge together this really cohesive protocol that within six months, just of finding the right sequence of steps, watching what my body did was pretty amazing. You know, cycles became super regular, skin, amazing digestion on point, anxiety gone, sleep delicious. And And now I get to repeat that story, you know, in my practice with my amazing clients over and over. And it really never ceases to amaze me to watch what happens when people's body find, find that balance again. And what I've come to recognize about the endocrine system for women is that whether it's PCOS or PMS or PMDD or endometriosis or fibroids or cystic acne or irregular periods or painful periods, whatever it is, it's actually not the most important part of the story here. 
it's that's just your your official alarm bell ringing and it can sound different from person to person how these how this alarm is going to manifest and so what you really just need to understand here is that officially your endocrine system is not working properly it's sending you that message and so what we need to do is when we hear those messages is we need to start to take action not to spot treat the acne or the weight or the irregular period or the bloating or whatever it is to treat the entire endocrine system this system of glands from your brain to your ovaries that speak to each other with the language of hormones and understanding how these patterns work in the female body it, and then being able to cater to these is the key to really allowing your body to you know run smoothly yeah. And having that education is so empowering. I know I said that to you so many times when we were working together, mm-hmm. it's like just learning about this is so empowering, but I kept getting hung up on the question of why are so many of us women mm-hmm. not aware of how our body works? Like where's the missing puzzle? Why at 28 am I just now reaching out to you and learning all of this? Mm-hmm. Oh, this goes deep. And it's, we're simply not taught about it growing up, which is such a shame but then on top of all this to make matters worse we're subliminally given these messages um as we're growing up but like these messages from mainstream media from being in school um to the mainstream medical model that we're subliminally taught sort of to to distrust our bodies to second guess when we have intuitive feelings that something is off um, like you go to your doctor, let's say, and you, you're, you know, you have acne, my cycles are regular, this and that. And the first thing that they're going to do is maybe they'll run some tests if you're lucky. And then they'll tell you, oh, everything's fine. Everything's normal. And you're just sort of like, okay, but I know something is not right. Like there's gotta be something off here. Um, and then maybe the next thing that they will do is give you that prescription for, for birth control, which is what I got, which is what I, you know, hear so often. And that's a whole nother conversation, but all the birth control really does is it's going to separate you from your cycle completely. It's going to shut down any hormonal cues that we have. And, um, and at best, at best mask these symptoms that we're dealing with. So I think that's the message that we're given to like slap a bandaid on it, muffle these messages from your body rather than listen to them. And then there's these whole other, you know, other messages that we're taught as soon as we do get a period when we're super young, it kind of like that it's gross. It's something to be hidden. You know, you're hiding your tampon in your bra when you go to the bathroom and it's like, why are we hiding this? It doesn't make any sense. But I think the undertone here is that it's dirty and it's gross and it's embarrassing. And so we grow up. The last thing that we want to do is like understand it more. We just kind of want to like ignore it. Um, And what I have found in my own journey, certainly repeated in the stories of countless clients is that the mainstream growing up, the mainstream medical model, it, it really disempowers female bodies. And that's the difference, you know, holistic approaches really empower them. We try to dig in deeper. And that's why I find, you know, I fight so hard in my practice to make women feel heard and to get to the root of their symptoms. Yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit about kind of the world we live in and why that might be the case. But 
just so that people can have a little bit of takeaway from this initial conversation, what are your main pieces of advice for women who do want to start to get to know their bodies better? You know, someone like me, I had no idea where to start. I kind of started seeing things on social media. And I do think that it's getting to be a little bit more mainstream. I think women are starting to step into that power of we got to learn about ourselves so that we can you know, feel the best that we can feel. I think people are starting to feel the effects, the, you know, birth control topic is coming up more and more. Where should they be in? So, well, since we're on the topic, I mean, I really think that getting in tune and starting to learn more about your cycle is the best place to start. It's the best me search that somebody can do because your cycle is, it's really like your inner GPS. It's this guidance system that whether you want to acknowledge that these hormonal shifts are happening or not, they are. And so for example, when you're getting in tune with these changes that happen, and we'll go into more detail of that. Um, but you may notice that in the first half of your cycle, um, there are periods of time where you get these wonderful creative surges. You feel more social. You've got tons of energy, your sex drive increases, And then in the second half of your cycle, you may find yourself going kind of more inward, getting particularly detail oriented and and super organized and wanting to spend time on reflection and your energy feels a bit at a different pace. It feels a little bit lower. Um, This is what I started to notice. And then I would notice that these patterns uh, really repeated every month. And when you're not tapped into this, Sometimes it can feel like this critical dialogue happening internally, which is like, what's wrong with me? Why don't I have that creativity or that drive or that energy that I had last week? And you don't understand that there is in fact nothing wrong with you, that these are natural shifts that are connected to fluctuating hormone patterns. And when you're, you know, when you're kind of in that state of like, what's wrong with me, you you're not getting to connect with these shifts. You're not getting to work with these shifts. You're kind of fighting against yourself all the time. And so when you're starting to get to know your, your body better, there's so many benefits that come from this, like knowing, you know, how to work with these shifts and just how to really optimize and take advantage of them. And if this sounds completely foreign to a lot of your listeners right now, I just want to acknowledge that you're really not alone in that. Most people don't pay much attention to their cycle beyond knowing like, Hey, I bleed for a week and maybe I need to go get some Motrin and some Advil. Like that's, that's the extent of it. And if it sounds exciting to anybody, which I hope it does, Um, like, you know, there's no better time than now, um, to start tracking and to start connecting with your cycle a little more. Yeah, it's so true. I am even like embarrassed to say this, but I remember learning about with you, like the cycles or or phases of your cycle. And I was like, this is like a different language to me. It's terrifying. It's actually kind of terrifying to know that you can go 28 years and, you know, have a good, have an idea, but not be really, I think that competence mm-hmm. is confidence and, and having that knowledge is so, so powerful and kind of going off of what you were just talking about. Cycle syncing is so starting to be, I feel like trending on social media. I'm starting yeah, I'm to see it a too. lot more, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's your take on cycle syncing when it comes to really everything in your life, fitness, business, how you're showing up to life? Yeah. Well, it's an incredible tool. And 
So the whole premise of cycle syncing, first of all, is that we have four distinct hormonal shifts. Each week of your cycle comes with uh, a new phase, and these phases bring different hormonal, energetic, metabolic shifts. Your brain neurologically changes as well. Your brain's actually 25% different each week of your cycle. So you're actually not the same person every week of your cycle. So it doesn't make any sense to be, you know, walking around thinking that you're supposed to perform the same way, eat the same way, exercise the same way, self-care in the same way, even have the same kind of sex every week. It's actually not biologically accurate. And all the inner critical shit that I was talking about before that happens as, as a result of that, um, you know, that whole, what's wrong with me, then at that point, you know, you start to realize, okay, nothing's wrong with me. There's shifts that are happening and we get to work with these shifts. And, and then, you know, after you learn this, it's like, how are we not taught this in society? So let's kind of dive into the four phases, maybe a little bit, so I can give some more context to what I'm actually talking about. Um, so there's the menstruation phase. That's what your period week. So that's, that's the one that people know, like you can't really miss that. You can't miss that one. <laughs> yeah. So this is the first phase of your cycle. It marks day one of a new cycle. And in this phase, your hormones are at their lowest point. And as hormones drop, our energy drops as well. Our moods can also drop because when estrogen drops, we also get a drop in serotonin, which is our mood stabilizing hormone. And so this is the time of your cycle where you want to take it down a little bit, take it down a notch or two, pace yourself, pace yourself at work, pace yourself in the gym, on your social calendar. Um, you're going to, you know, add extra stress on your body if you don't if you go against nature, essentially, you're going to add more stress on your body. And all that's going to do is backfire. It's going to make your creativity deteriorate. It's going to like burn through your energy even more. So you want to be strategic here. So when we're approaching work, the best type of work right now is, is work that's really like reflective and mindful, maybe getting more organized your right brain hemisphere and your left brain hemisphere are actually in best communication with each other right now. And what that means is that we're better able to synthesize how we feel about things. So this is a great time for maybe reflecting on your business, where you want to go with it. What next steps do you want to take it in? Now is the time to get kind of deep with that. And then when it comes to food, you know, we want to also be changing up our food. So during menstruation, digestion can be a little dampened at this point. So you want to have foods that are really easily digestible, you know, more cooked foods rather than raw soups. You want to definitely be adding more protein. Animal protein can be fantastic right now because hormones are low and we want to be building our hormones back up. And what are hormones made from? They're made from amino acids, and we find that in protein. So we want to increase protein, we want to increase iron-rich foods because we're going to be losing some iron. So these are some of the ways you can support your menstruation phase. And then we move into the follicular phase, which is the second phase. And at this point, all of our hormones are starting to climb back up. And when those climb, so does our energy. 
and we'll notice memory focus start to improve. This is a great time to increase that work intensity and start to you know, move your time and your energy toward tackling complex creative projects, um, starting new projects that require a lot of enthusiasm and things like that. Um, and then when it comes to food, your appetite is a little suppressed in this phase. Um, metabolism is a little lower. Estrogens on the scene, which estrogens acts as a bit of a um, appetite suppressor. So light, fresh, vibrant foods are what's going to make you feel your best during the follicular phase. And then we move into ovulation, which is very similar to the follicular phase. It just kind of continues. Our, our hormones continue to climb. They reach their peak concentrations. And this is where you can go really hard at work, continue that creative fire and that, enth that enthusiastic projects and go hard in the gym. You can, you know, continue doing, you know, more, um, robust cardio hit lots of weight training. If that's your thing, whatever you want to do and more social events, you know, you can say yes more to things. Networking is a great idea right now because our social centers are really lit up. Energy is high. Libido is high. And then when it comes to food, so because all of our hormones are at their peak right now, we want to be supporting them to be basically flushing out any excess estrogens as we move into the next phase, because when you go into the next phase, if you're going to, if you go into that phase with high estrogen, any PMS symptoms or period pains or cramping or anything like that are going to be amplified. So now is a great time to be focusing on a lot of liver loving foods, like lots of fiber, lots of vegetables, especially cruciferous vegetables, herbs, and spices that are great for the liver. Um, proteins and fats are always a great idea. Lighter grains like quinoa, and then we move into that luteal phase. Now, this is the phase that can bring with it the most symptoms for a lot of people. You know, it's that premenstrual phase. So right now, all hormones are on the decline. As that happens, so does your energy decline. And um, so you're going to want to kind of take a similar approach to work and exercise as you are in your menstrual phase. Um, this is a great time for getting super organized, crossing things off your to-do list, finishing up projects. It can be a very productive time when we're in balance. When people are out of balance, it's hard for them to really take advantage of those, um, of like the good things about this phase. Um, but yeah, so we can support this phase with, when it comes to food, the first thing you wanna recognize about this phase is that we are going to be hungrier. We are going to require more calories because we've got progesterone on deck. Now progesterone is our, um, one of our main female sex hormones, and she's responsible for, you know, making us feel really calm and at peace. She's an anti-anxiety agent. So we want to be really supporting her production. Stress is naturally higher in this time of the month as well. So stress can deplete our progesterone. So we want to be eating foods that are really going to support progesterone production. And that includes complex carbs, which is kind of perfect. Cause what do you crave the week before your period are carbohydrates? And, and it's because like your, your cravings, I like to think of them as a compass, always sort of telling you what your body needs. So you're going to want more complex carbs, roasted root vegetables, foods high in, in B vitamins, which are whole grains, but also a lot of your animal foods too. Meats are super high in B vitamins. 
Um, iron rich foods again, to kind of prepare you for the iron that you may lose in that coming week. And really important too, are eating the right sorts of fats right now, because having inflammatory fats, processed foods, and, um, like canola oil and that sort of thing, that's going to ramp up, um, the prostaglandins that are in control of contraction of the uterus. So you're going to have worse cramping, but if you have the right fats like avocado and olive oil and fatty fish, those ramp up the prostaglandins that are responsible for, um, uterus relaxation. And so really like the types of foods that you're picking right now are going to have a lot of influence on your cramps in that next phase. Um, and so these are the ways to kind of give a quick overview that you can support your, your body's needs. It's very real biological needs from phase to phase. And again, I, I want to acknowledge that this can be overwhelming the first time you hear it. It's like, whoa, I have to change the way I eat, the way I exercise, the way I approach work. Um, but I do, I promise you, the more you get in tune with it all, it does become easier and ends up bringing more ease to the way you go about your life really. Yeah. And it really becomes natural, which when I first went over that with you early on in our, I guess, training, um, I was very overwhelmed. I was like, how am I going to remember this? And so if you're hearing this for the first time and you're like already throwing in the towel, yeah. pause, go back and just like write down the four phases, <laughs> write down the, you know, a couple things that you can do in each phase and start small. And I think that that's what's so incredible about working with Dempsey is she's, she, she puts it into bite-sized pieces. So you're not getting thrown all of this at once, but <laughs> it is life-changing. It is completely life-changing to even just have the knowledge of what your body needs in every phase. So mm -hmm. don't be overwhelmed. Like I said, pause, go back. Um, yeah. But kind of going into that, I want to, I feel like a lot of people are going to be like, that all sounds amazing, but I'm not, you know, maybe in control of my every minute of every day. How do I honor what my body needs, especially because we kind of live in a man's world in terms of, you know, our work hours, you know, our happy hours, like all of these things are kind of surrounding, they're not supporting the women's cycle and what we need, especially, you know, like you said, even our social battery is different at different mm -hmm. times of the month. We're kind of a few different people throughout the month. So we're not crazy. Um, it's how we're supposed to be, but how do we ensure that we're honoring that? throughout the month as best as we can. Mm -hmm. And I, I do really like what you said. It's like bite-sized pieces. So I, I always say like, start with one aspect of cycle syncing first, and maybe you start with the nutrition part and kind of just start it. Cause that's something maybe we all have some control over is, um, you know, including certain types of foods during certain times of the month. And, um, and then moving to like exercise, you know, really, um, you know, changing up your exercise, depending on where you are in your cycle, moving then toward your social calendar. Um, and it's sort of like, also when you're talking about being in a man's world and this doesn't really, it doesn't maybe necessarily support this whole female way of doing things. It does. It's really up to us to make those shifts where we can. And I'm not saying you have to be 100% perfect with it. It's just about making the changes where you can make the changes and where you don't have control over letting that go a little bit. 
Um, but you will be surprised that you actually have more control over this than you might originally feel. Um, and so it also, it's sort of like, okay, well, if I'm honoring my feminine and if I'm honoring these female shifts that I'm having, does that mean that I can't be successful in a man's world and I can't smash my goals and be ambitious? And absolutely not, first of all. Rather, it's really giving you something so that you can reach your goals, but do it with more ease and flow. So let's take an example here for how someone could implement this. So let's say you're in your menstrual week or your late luteal phase. So similar, you want to be slowing down. Um, but let's say you're not really aware of this because you don't have that education yet, which is most people. Um, so you're in your menstrual week, maybe you're, you're, you're going to the gym every single day, you're doing hit five days a week, you're burning through all your energy, and you're wondering why you're getting to your desk, like so tired, but you're like, just, you know, push, 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 have another cup of coffee, and like, try to override this. Um, and then someone asks you to go for drinks. And you're like, Oh, like, I'm really wiped, but me, maybe I'll go for one or two, I'll just make sure that I'm home early. You know, that's the perfect example of somebody not honoring their body's needs. So instead, in this same scenario, you can acknowledge that right now you are actually much better off going for a walk rather than doing that hit. You're better off saying no to that drink and prioritizing good sleep so that you can show up at work and not just work in your personal life not stealing from tomorrow's energy bank account, essentially, because in a week, let's say you're in your menstrual week in another week, that person's going to be in their follicular phase. And this is where they actually would be able to push more. And, um, but the thing is, is if they have stolen all their energy in this week, they're going to show up in their follicular phase, really tired, not being able to mon monopolize actually on all of that energy that the follicular phase usually brings. And this is just the start of it all. This is just the start of being out of balance with their cycle. Then all of a sudden they're tired all month long. Digestion is totally thrown off. Maybe cyclic breakouts are starting cyclic PMS and cramps. Maybe hair starts falling out. Like these are a lot of the things that I see. And these are the signs that they haven't been honoring what their bodies need and, and now it's, you know, catching up with them. And so I think what I'm essentially saying here is, is like this whole biohacking, biohacking that the men have been obsessed with for years and years. It's like, well, I think women want this too. Women want ways to biohack too. There just hasn't been any good research out there yet on how to do this until recently. And so cycle sync, you know, enter cycle syncing, optimizing our cyclical hormonal patterns is the way to female biohacking. And like I said, whether you want to acknowledge that these hormonal shifts are taking place or not, they are happening and they are going to affect your exercise, your cognition, your stamina, everything. And it is truly meant to affect you in positive ways when you're nourishing it. And when when you do, when you support these phases, when you learn, okay, I can push now, maybe now I need to pull back. When you can do those things and support your body in the right way, you will become the most creative, the most productive, the most balanced version of yourself. And we're going to talk a little bit about 
just all of that with working and entrepreneurship or, you know, wanting to be successful, because I think a lot of people start to see, especially if you're, if you're a very driven, ambitious person, you might start to see some of this as kind of fluffy and kind of like, I can push through it. Like I don't need to, you know, Mm. slow down. And I think that a lot of people will, push, want to push through it. And, and trust me, I've been there, but we're going to talk about kind of the effects of, of really how that can actually set you back versus get you ahead. But first, before we dive into that connection, I want to talk a little bit about stress and the effects of stress on the female body, because (laughs) I, I know the effects of stress personally, but I know that a lot of people might be having these symptoms or having these things and they don't even realize that it's stress related. So first and foremost, what the heck does stress do over time? If we're in that chronic state of stress, what's happening. Yes. So, okay. So what is stress? First of all, it's stress is that it's triggered usually by something mental or emotional, like, okay, work deadlines and things like that. Um, but what stress is, is it is a physiological response that happens in your body in response to a danger that is going to trigger it. So, so, okay, there's, there's the example of work deadlines or work pressure and needing to meet certain, um, you know, goals per quarter or whatever it might be. And so there's those types of stressors. Then there are physical stressors like, okay, one of the most basic examples that I think of it always is you being chased by a bear. You're being chased by a bear and um, that's where the stress response is going to get triggered. Now, this this physiological series of events that happen in your body, that's what it's called. It's called the stress response and it exists to save your life. So cortisol is known as the stress hormone. I think I'm even a more accurate name for it would be the survival hormone because it exists to save your life. And so on a physiological level, your body doesn't know the difference between you being stressed out because you have a work goal versus you being chased by a bear doesn't know the difference. And so your body is going to start to kick into survival mode. And all of these responses are going to get activated that are designed to save your life, but they end up having a negative, you know, effect on our body over time when it is chronically being jacked up all the time. So this stress response is is beneficial when the stress is real. Like if you really were getting chased by a bear or maybe a more modern day example would be you're driving in your car and someone darts out in front of you and adrenaline gets kicked in and you can swerve and you can react quickly. And then what would happen is within minutes, within a minute or two, your stress response will go back down to normal and and you would just go about your day and you would be fine. The problem is though, that nowadays stress is everywhere and it's constant. And now that stress, that stress response is stuck in the on position. So it's prolonged. And when that happens, this is really where stress starts to create havoc on just about every part of your body and your endocrine system, because your nervous system and your endocrine system are, are very intertwined. Um, but the first thing I'll mention is, is, and it's definitely one of the first things that I see go for people is the impact that stress has on digestion. 
So stress diverts what is usually a beautiful flow of blood supply to our digestive system away from there. And it diverts it toward your arms and your legs because that's what's going to power you away from danger. You're essentially in fight or flight right now, right? So your body's thinking that you have to flee or you have to fight. And so the last thing that it's going to prioritize is your digestion. That's not important right now. You know, your body's in survival mode. So boom, you know, maybe it's lunchtime. You've been stressed all day, work emails coming in, et cetera. And then you have 10 minutes to like scarf down your lunch. And then you're ending up with like bloating and gas and discomfort and pain and constipation and diarrhea, or, you know, can can go both ways depending on your constitution. And people are like, okay, it doesn't matter what I eat. I could eat a really healthy, balanced salad, or I could eat McDonald's and I'm still ending up bloated, you know, every single day. And in their case, it, you know, may not have anything to do with the food that they're eating, but rather the state that their digestion is in when they're in this stress response all the time. Um, the other thing that stress does is it alters our gut flora. So stress actually feeds the growth of the pathogenic strains or the bad bugs, um, of bacteria in our gut. And it leads to something called dysbiosis. Dysbiosis is just the word for that imbalanced, um, gut bugs. And so then this causes a lot of gut inflammation. So we've got dysbiosis, more intestinal inflammation, and this is going to weaken the intestinal barrier leading to something called leaky gut or intestinal permeability. And that's where literally the gut becomes leaky and we get pathogens and food particles start to leak through the gut, enter into the immune system, setting off immune responses, low-grade inflammation. And this can really be the cause or the start or a contributing factor to a lot of autoimmune conditions, which are also on the rise. Um, so then stress is also going to affect basically every other part of your body as well. Um, it's going to increase your heart rate. It's going to increase your blood pressure. It's going to make it really easy for your body to start burning through the fast burning fuel, which is glucose. So over time, this negatively affects your body's efficiency at burning fat, because it's always going to want that fast burning fuel again, which is glucose. Um, and then in the moment it's going to turn on sugar and carb cravings because the body's thought process is here. Uh Oh, I've just burnt through all my glucose. If I really do have to, you know, save my life right now, I'm not going to have the energy to do it. I need this quick, quick, quick energy food. So boom, we get those three or 4 PM sugar cravings and we go on autopilot. So what I hear from a lot of people is like, I just ate a whole box of chocolates and like, I feel like I was like out of body or I just didn't even realize I was doing that. And that's because when we're in the stress response, your body wants you to go on autopilot. It doesn't want you distracted about, you know, what you have to do tonight or to-do lists or this or that. It wants you like just kind of moving in autopilot. And then it's going to also create a lot of menstrual problems, which I'll get more into the specifics of how it impacts women specifically, but it increases PMS, missed or long periods, irregular cycles, um, cyclic pain. Um, it depletes progesterone. Um, it, you know, as stress goes up, ovulation goes down. Um, so there's a lot of implications for the female um, cycle. 
and it's going to also burn through our nutrient stores. So the stress response, just like every process in our body, it requires nutrients to get the job done. So the stress response is no different and it's very greedy. So it's going to start to burn through things like your B vitamins, your magnesium, your vitamin C, your zinc, and all that's going to drain us of our energy. And those are also all the same nutrients that we need for healthy immune immunity. And so it's going to suppress our immune system. So it's not a coincidence that when you're under periods of a lot of stress, you also tend to get much sicker. Um, stress also turns off non-essential processes. So things like your hair, your skin, your nails, um, stress also turns on fat storage. So cortisol was designed to save our lives in times of famine. So it's going to signal to every part of your body that food is scarce. We've got to hold on to our fat. And so metabolism is going to slow down. And what do we do? Or what do a lot of people do when that starts to happen is they, they start to eat less. They start to restrict their calories even more. And all that does is kind of reiterate to your body, everything that it thought was happening, which is food is scarce. And so you're only going to be suppressing metabolism even more. Stress also has a huge impact on our sleep. Cortisol suppresses melatonin. So that's our sleep hormone. Um, and the thought process here of the body is that it doesn't want you to fall into this deep, delicious sleep because you know, if you really did have to save your life, you wouldn't wake up in time to do it. And so it kind of wants to keep you ever so slightly awake. Um, so just from like what I'm saying right now, you can see that like stress is so far reaching and wide ranging in the ways that it can show up. And I also just want to mention that really important to understand that stress can be physical. It's not just emotional and mental, but like you know, skipping meals, under eating, intermittent fasting, over exercising, being in constant go mode, and not honoring when your bodies need rest, um, eating inflammatory foods, not getting enough sleep, all those things put physical stress on your body as well and kickstart the stress response as well. So it's important to, to understand that it's not just mental, that there's a lot of physical aspects to it too. And I think that goes to show how many ways stress can manifest in your life, whether mm -hmm. it's your job, your relationship, your mm -hmm. view of yourself, like you said, mm -hmm. how you're eating, how you're working out. Um, if you guys didn't get <laughs> enough information just there about how important it is to be reducing your stress, um, I hope you take that into consideration because even if for a long time, I didn't feel like I was stressed, you know, because I didn't have a lot of negativity in my life. And I think that people mm -hmm. just immediately relate stress to negative things happening. Um, but overworking, overworking out, um, you know, overdoing it in your social life, all of these things, like you said, that constant go mode that you think maybe you're winning and you're achieving and you're doing all of these things is still stress, whether it's positive or negative. And all of the things that you were just touching on are, I, I mean, I just, every single person in my life, I feel like pops into my head of like, mm -hmm. we got to figure this out, you know, myself included. And I think it's very, very obviously prevalent in, in the world and in our society, but I want to know, and you touched on it a little bit, but how stress can affect a woman's body specifically, and can it be more harmful on women or 
is it just as harmful on women as it is on men? Mm -hmm. And also, I just want to say that I love that the way you kind of just wrap that up is that stress is, it's not that there's something negative in your life all the time. It's, you know, you're winning, but you're doing it at the expense of your body. So yeah, really good way to kind of shift our perspective there a little bit. So yeah, the effects on a woman's body, because the entire endocrine system, which is your hormone system is interconnected with your nervous system. When the HPA axis or the stress response is on high alert, it's, it, it does start to affect women differently. And so it's going to put the brakes on our ovarian function, our ovaries and our thyroid function, which can all impact our sex hormones like estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, thyroid hormones. It is going to mess with our blood sugar and our insulin. And all of this can impact female cycles. Um, research shows really powerful links between uh, greater you know, like stress and, and powerful links between that and increase in menstrual pain, like I was saying, and PMS and endometriosis and PCOS and fertility and, um, so many things, the list just goes on and on. Um, so what happens is cortisol suppresses something called gonadropin releasing hormone. And this is re responsible for stimulating our cycles and our, our ovulation. So stress it wants to prevent you from ovulating. It can postpone ovulation. All of that can lead to a really long menstrual cycle. Like if you're having 40 day menstrual cycles or 30, even anything above 35 days can indicate that you may not be ovulating. And even if you don't want to have a baby, that there's so many benefits to ovulation. It's the whole purpose of the female cycle. So you do want to be supporting ovulation. Ovulation is where we produce most of our progesterone. If you're not ovulating, you're not going to be producing enough progesterone. Um, and on top of this, even if you do ovulate, cortisol is going to block progesterone receptors so that you don't reap the benefits of the progesterone. And so what does progesterone do? She's our natural anti-anxiety. She makes us have really great deep sleep. She's a diuretic, which means we get rid of excess fluid. We don't feel puffy. Um, progesterone also is really critical in keeping estrogen in balance. And so if progesterone gets thrown off, we can end up with high estrogen types of symptoms. Um, and all of this is going to have a domino effect on your body. So it's going to mess with your estrogen and your progesterone, your Michael, your menstrual cycles are going to go all wonky. You may not ovulate or at least not regularly. Um, your sex drive is going to tank fertility tanks periods go. Yeah. They can go all wonky. They're also going to become more symptomatic. Um, like we were talking about more painful periods, longer cycles, worse than PMS. So Obviously there's a lot of connections here with the cycle and how we can see that show up on our cycle. But another thing that I definitely want to mention is that when we're pumping out too much cortisol on a regular basis, this is going to increase blood sugar and that will then put a heavy demand on our body to produce insulin to manage this and elevated insulin also has implications for our ovaries. It's going to send the message over to your ovaries to create more testosterone. And then we can end up with symptoms like worsened acne, um, hair growth in unwanted places. This can be a major contributor contributor to PCOS, which is a condition, a hormone condition that I think about one in eight women struggle with. So 
it's, you know, becoming just more and more prevalent. And so I think the major takeaway is that if you have sex hormone imbalances or thyroid imbalances, a lot of practitioners are going to want to go straight to the ovaries, straight to the thyroid. And the root here though, or one of the roots at least is likely, likely coming from stress and the adrenals and, and, and imbalanced blood sugar as a result. So that's where you need to start. You're not going to get very far if you bypass and skip all the foundational stuff and go straight to the ovaries or straight to the thyroid. Um, the, these are the, the foundational bottom of the pyramid things that we need to think about. And that stress or, you know, wherever it's coming from is in our control. So that mm-hmm. should be a really empowering first mm-hmm. step for people exactly. to recognize, okay, I'm in that constant fight or flight. You know, I can feel the effects of being in, in constant go mode. What can I do to start adjusting that? And I think that that for me was a really big first kind of awakening of, okay, I can, I, that's in my control. What can I do to get that in check? If all of the rest of the things seem overwhelming, start there. Um, and so do you have some ways that people can implement, you know, de-stressing into their life or at least minimize the effects of stress in their life? Oh, so many great ways. Yes. And the first place that I always start with, with my clients, um, are what I like to think of as the low hanging fruits, um, which are those physical stressors. So stop skipping meals, you know, however busy you are, everyone has 10 minutes to make a meal, stop skipping meals, eat breakfast, stop the intermittent fasting, eat breakfast within an hour of waking. Your body really is expecting food in that first hour. You've just gone eight hours without eating. You're going to put more stress on your body. If you don't, um, eat balanced meals that keep your blood sugar nice and balanced, because if your blood sugar gets thrown off, this can, this can increase cortisol production. So we really want to keep blood sugar balanced, no fasted workouts, stop doing hit five days a week and start working out according to your cycle, use cycle thinking in general to understand when you can push, when you need to pull back, prioritize good sleep. Lack of sleep puts physical strain on your body. Um, and you know, if you haven't already start thinking about cutting back on caffeine. Um, and when you do have caffeine, so first of all, I would in your luteal phase, really, really think about maybe just cutting out caffeine altogether in your luteal phase. Cause in that phase, you're going to be much more sensitive to caffeine and alcohol. So that might be a good place to start. And when you do have caffeine, have it after a meal, as opposed to on an empty stomach. So how does caffeine work? Why do you get all amped up when you drink it? Well, it triggers cortisol and adrenaline. So we wake up in the morning, we don't eat breakfast. We have two cups of coffee and then like, boom, we're in stress mode for the rest of the day. What else coffee does is it actually blocks receptors in your brain that help you to wind down. So it's ramping you up. And then it's stopping you from winding down, which is a recipe for, you know, a lot of high stress for that day. When you have coffee after you've had a good meal, it helps to mitigate some of those effects. I think we're the only culture on the planet that has coffee on an empty stomach too, by the way, like everywhere else they have their espresso after the meal. So yeah, start thinking about coffee. Another, I like to think of it as a low hanging fruit. 
Um, so those are some of the things you can do for your physical stress. And then there's the lifestyle practices that are super important. One thing that we really work on in my program is breath work, starting to implement breath work into your life. Um, for thinking about the nervous system, there's two parts to your autonomic nervous system. There is the sympathetic nervous system, which is that fight or flight response, that stress response that we just went over. And there's the parasympathetic nervous system. And this is the exact opposite. It's your rest and digest state. And we can activate that state. And our best, best tool at doing that is your breath. You can actually activate the parasympathetic nervous system with deep belly breathing. And you can't be in both at the same time, by the way, you can't be in fight or flight and rest and digest at the same time. So the more that you can trigger your parasympathetic state, the more you're going to be leaving your stress response behind. Um, so some other, I'll just maybe list off a couple things that, that we do, um, and that I recommend. Well, so the breath work, first of all, creating a really nourishing morning routine for yourself that sets the tone for your stress response for the rest of the day. The way that I look at this is in the morning, you haven't been stimulated by anything yet. And you have, you're so pliable. You have this great opportunity right now to set the tone for the rest of the day. So having a great morning routine that maybe does include some breath work, affirmations, gratitude, journaling, stretching, whatever you want to do, have that 10 to 20 minutes of something that sets the tone for the rest of the day. Um, making sure you're eating nourishing meals throughout the day that are going to replenish your nutrient stores that get lost in the stress response, removing inflammatory foods, um, managing your energy. So setting boundaries, saying no more, knowing when you can, you know, when you need to, when you're better off pulling back on your social calendar, especially in those luteal and menstrual phases. Right. And, um, and maybe doing, I like to do like a weekly inventory of where my energy leaks were. So thinking about where were you maybe draining yourself unnecessarily? Did you spend too much time with someone that week who is an energy drainer? Did you spend too much time scrolling Netflix and Instagram? Like we're all going to have those moments where that happens. So at the end of the week, it's just good to sort of reflect on that and jot down maybe some of those things that were draining you and then see what you can do differently the next week. What things can you do that, you know, fill up your cup and bring you joy instead? Um, just such a good practice to do at the end of each week to make sure that you are protecting your energy. And I think the importance of people understanding that, especially if you're a high achiever in a career, maybe you're an entrepreneur, um, these things are just as important as the money-making activities or yeah. the showing up to the meetings or whatever it is that you're doing that you feel like you don't have the time to prioritize these things. Mm -hmm. Something that I really took away from the program is without these things, I can't show up in mm -hmm. a way that I want to show up for my business. Um, so if you're feeling that way, if you're feeling, you know, okay, I don't have 10 minutes in the morning to breathe. Like that just sounds like a waste of time. Um, I challenge you to ask yourself, but what could happen if 
I really poured into myself in the morning and it doesn't have to be this. I keep seeing on, on social media, like the five to nine before the nine to five, like you don't have to wake up at 5. AM get a workout in, do all of these things. It's, it's actually the opposite. You just need a little bit of time to kind of connect with yourself and figure out, you know, where you can take control so that you can show up in a way that puts you ahead and allows you to be more successful because you have the energy and you have, you know, the brain power and you have all of these things now that you wouldn't have, um, if you were just ignoring them. And I think that kind of leads into what I want to talk about next, which is women's health and entrepreneurship, or again, it doesn't have to be entrepreneurship, but just high achievers in, you know, even the corporate world, like there's such a connection to all of this and it's so common. And I see it so often with kind of the hustle culture of go, go, go and don't stop and don't worry about anything except winning. Um, have you ever felt any of this in your, you obviously run a business, but you also have all of the tools and the knowledge to know how to honor yourself and your business and and run a successful business. Have you ever had times where you're, you know, worried about balancing those or maybe neglecting your well-being and like wanting to put your business first, just as someone who knows both, Mm -hmm. have you ever struggled with that? So I used to like, I can't emphasize this enough that I was the person who did not have time for stress management, who didn't necessarily believe in it because I didn't think I was stressed. Little did I know my body was in major, major stress mode. A storm was just brewing under the surface, but I was the person who went to work, had three coffees before 9am to like slap myself awake. I would not take lunch breaks. I would be the last one to leave the office. I would get home and be just stressed and thinking about all the things I wouldn't sleep till 3am, like literally would not sleep till 3am. And then I would have to wake up at like 7am. So, and I was doing this for like over a year. I don't know how, how you can actually function like that, but, um, but was just completely in denial that, that I was in any kind of stress. Um, like looking back, it just actually sounds funny. Like it was so obvious, but yeah. And that my whole journey on like all the things that went wrong in my body happened because of stress, you know, my ovaries started to, to not work properly because of stress. I started getting acne because of stress. Everything happened because I neglected all of the signs and pushed my body into burnout mode. Um, because of the pressures of, um, this, you know, of my corporate career. And like, there were constantly deadlines and there was constantly business meetings, especially when you're a young female in business meetings with older men, you, there's so much pressure. And so, yes, I absolutely pushed my body right to the brink and it just caught up to me. And it was like, everything fell down at once. And now this is of course, in my corporate career, before I started my now profession where I own my own business. And now it just, I'm so careful not to do that to myself anymore. And now I actually have a system that I really listen to. And that being this, my cycle sense. And I 
got to say, I find it way easier to reach my goals by following these ebbs and flows and not push against them. And it's just easier at this point. I, you know, to do it rather than to not, I, I can confidently say, I don't think I'd ever do that to my body again. I just now have way more tools, way more um, education and way more like intuitiveness in my body where I can feel when things are just starting. Like there's, there's like three or four stages of adrenal burnout. And in that first stage of adrenal burnout, most people don't recognize it because it's just like, Oh, I need an extra coffee. So it's like these things that are really, um, in society, really, uh, normalized, you know, you need this, you know, I have, I've had four coffees today and it's just normal. And so those are kind of the, the first signs. And so I can recognize those really early on so that I can not just keep going with it and then like fall into that huge cycle all over again. And so, yeah, like I find that I just, I don't really do it anymore. There are definitely days where I work longer than maybe is ideal, but I'm doing it in a, I think in a more balanced way. And so it works better for me. And I promise that every other woman can do that too. You don't, it doesn't, you know, you don't have to compromise your health to be successful. There are so many women that I can think of that are huge, hugely successful in business and they do follow cycle syncing. So yeah, this is what happens when you can support these ebbs and flows and really avoid all of the symptoms that you're, that are inevitable. I think I just found your new, um, your new offer to people and it is helping women, uh, that want to be successful, but also need that system in place for how to run a business and be successful in their job, uh, while also not running themselves into the ground. Because I think that as a business owner myself, we've all been there. I mean, I had three years of straight, just hustle of, I have to keep going so that I can build something that's sustainable. And in reality, you don't have to do that, which I've told my story on my podcast millions of times, but I want to talk about that burnout because I think it's starting to come up a little bit now. I think for a while, um, kind of that hustle culture, the go, go, go was really glorified and what we all thought we really just had to do in order to be successful. And now people are kind of coming out and saying, listen, I'm, I got burnt out. You know, I hit the wall. And for me, that was last year in 2021, October, like literally a year ago, I hit that wall. And you kind of said the same thing where you, everything just kind of came crashing down. Mm -hmm. And I totally have been in, in that place. Um, so you've obviously worked with women that, have seen the physical effects of overworking because you've worked with me. Um, but aside from me, do you see that a lot? Like, do you see a lot of women coming to you with those physical effects of overworking that maybe they're not even realizing that it's from burnout, but it totally is. Mm -hmm. I would say like 80 to 90% or maybe even a hundred percent. Cause I think it just goes so deep. It's like one of the first things that go, that can go wrong. So yeah, I see it all the time. And it's really no fault of their own, right? Because they don't have this information and we're taught like push, 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 push through. That's how you become successful. Drink more coffee and do what the guys do. Wake up at 5am, even though that's could be disastrous for women. Um, but that's what we're taught to do. And so women are doing this. Like I do work with a lot of busy, high powered, high achieving women. 
and they're pouring into their career and they are also seeing their health deteriorate and they're not understanding what's going on or why this is happening, but they do want to prioritize their health and their well-being. They really do want to. They want to feel energized. They don't want any more bloat. They want to gain confidence. They want that for good. They're really craving for another way. Um, they just don't know another way yet. <laughs> and that's what you're for. Thank goodness yeah. for you. Um, <laughs> what are some of those main symptoms that when, you know, those high achieving women come to you, um, what are the main things that they're coming to you with? Or what are, you know, if the listeners are sitting here being like, am I stressed? You know, am I burnt out? Like, what are some of those physical or, you know, just symptoms in general that they might be feeling? Mm -hmm. So, and, and it's, it can really depend on what stage of their life that they're coming to see me at. So digestion is one of the first things that I see start to be, start to go. And that's because of the impact that stress has on the gut. They can be, you know, constipated, diarrhea, IBS, food sensitivities. Um, then all those cycle irregularities can start to happen that we talked about. Irregular cycles, really long cycles with no signs of ovulation, um, heavy, painful periods, things like acne, hair fallout, low libido, um, exhaustion. So that's a big one. Fatigue, bad energy slumps in the, in the middle of the day, waking up, just they could get nine hours of sleep and still feel exhausted in the morning, you know, clear cut sign of adrenal burnout, stubborn weight gain, especially around the middle. Um, eventually, so this I'll see, I can definitely see people in their twenties and thirties with thyroid problems, but I, I work with a lot of women in their like forties and fifties who have a lot of thyroid imbalances. And that's kind of when stress has been in overdrive for so long, you're in your body's attempt to conserve energy rather than to keep expending energy. It's going to slow down like various processes. And one of them being the thyroid. So the thyroid slows down and that leads to a condition called hypothyroidism or the autoimmune version of which is called Hashimoto's. And, um, so I work with a lot of women who are struggling with that. So there's, yeah, like, again, when you look at it, stress is so far reaching, it's so far ranging in the way in the ways that it can really show up in your life. And I'm assuming that those thyroid issues are one of these things. But what is what will happen if women continue to neglect their well being and their overall health for for mm -hmm. their career or for their success? Like what's going to happen mm -hmm. if they stay on that path? This is a serious, yeah, this is a really good question because it's a serious issue. So there was a study published called the, um, the biocycle study in the National Institute of Health. And what they found was that when you uh, ignore or untreated menstrual symptoms uh, that are connected, you know, often to stress in your 20s and 30s, um, that can increase your likelihood of developing one of the four big inflammatory diseases later in life. So if you have all these um, symptoms around your cycle that very well could have come from your adrenals being in overdrive for so long, what that means is in your twenties and thirties, you're ignoring all the signs. When you reach your fifties, you now, now have a greater risk of developing um, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, and dementia. So the four big inflammatory um, diseases. So 
that's huge. Ignoring these signs now can, you know, can really lead to a lot of disastrous things later. And really like all you have to do when you're having these signs is like, change your lifestyle, change your diet, change your stress. It's so easy. And that's why I think it's such a shame because these things are really so, you know, avoidable. Um, if you just take the right inputs and put them in and take the wrong inputs out. Right. And just prioritize. And again, understand that the gravity of the situation is if you keep running yourself into the ground, you're going to pay for it later. You might not feel those Mm -hmm. immediate effects. You know, you might be able to, to get over that headache or that lack of sleep or, you know, whatever those small symptoms that you're having now are, you might think, well, I can push through that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I hope that this kind of wakes people up to think, okay, but if I keep pushing through it, what Mm -hmm. could that mean for me in 20, 30 years? So, Mm -hmm. um, obviously we know that we can be extremely successful and also honor our bodies and honor our well-beings because I mean, you do it. I'm learning how to do it. You've helped so many women do the same thing. Um, but what's kind of your main piece of advice for someone that's putting their career before themselves or running themselves into the ground. And they're, they're kind of seeing this as a wake up call. And maybe they're like, you know what, this is, this is me. And I thought I could do it. I thought I could push through, but I obviously need to make some changes. Um, what's that advice that you have for them? Something that I had to learn the hard way, which is it does not have to be one or the other. It just really doesn't. And you will find that when you, you know, let's take cycle thinking again, when you start to understand how to work with your body rather than against it, you can leverage your strengths from week to week and phase to phase and, um, and engage in the best work for that time of your cycle, you know, knowing when it's, you're, you're better able to flex that creativity. And when those creative juices are just flowing versus when it's better, your, your energy is better spent at like the detail oriented things and wrapping them up. And like, there's nothing worse than like trying to force creativity when you just have none. So just don't, how about that? Like work with your body and, you know, you will find that this is, this is the path to becoming your most creative self your most productive self. Like at the end of the day, I think who we're talking to right now are a lot of women who are like, I want to be more successful. I want to be able to do more. And this is actually how you're able to do more because you avoid the burnout and you, you capitalize on your strengths from week to week. Um, So yeah, that's, I guess would be my main piece of advice. If you want to be successful with the most ease and you want to avoid all of the crappy symptoms then this is really the best way to do that. This is how you do it. And you feel good. You feel in alignment. Dempsey, this has been the most incredible conversation. I just know that this is going to be life-changing for so many people. I obviously know what working with you is like. So I knew that this conversation needed to be had with just more people. And, And thank you so much for being here and for pouring into people because I have a feeling that again, this is going to change a lot of lives. And that's, that's really what hopefully I'm here to do is help people get the information that they need to make changes that they need to 
to make and, and to allow them to be more successful in a sustainable way. So thank you so much for being here. Um, how can people work with you? Where can they find you? Cause I'm assuming a lot of people are going to be wanting to follow you at the very least, but hopefully working one-on-one with you because it, it changes the game. Well, thank you so much for saying that. And thank you for having me. Like this has just felt like such a fun chat, not, you know, not an interview or anything. It felt like just a chat with a friend. So it's been really nice, easy. And I'm just always stoked to like share this information and get it out to as many people as possible. So Yes. So, well, first they can reach out to me to schedule a complimentary consultation. So I offer complimentary consultations to begin. So this is where we do a deep dive into what symptoms they're struggling with, um, what might be contributing to those types of those particular imbalances that they're struggling with. And from there, we see if one of my programs might be the right fit for you. And I do um, three or four month long one-on-one programs that are designed to really get to the root of your symptoms and, and heal from the inside out for good. Um, and you can find me on Instagram. I'm at organic dumps. That's the name of my business, organic dumps. Um, and I'm in the process of getting on to TikTok, which I got to do that It's on my to-do list. So I'm on there. There's it's, I'm not active yet, but I will be, um, which is organic dumps as well. And there's also my website, www.organicdumps.com. Um, but you guys at the very least set up that consultation call, because that was for me, a huge step was to just book the time and take some power back. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like the main thing that pressing submit on that consultation call did for me was I'm taking a step in the right direction of taking my power back and being confident in knowing what I need to do moving forward. And after those 12 weeks, you know, I have all of the tools and resources that I need to set myself up for life. So highly recommend Dempsey's the best. And yeah, at the very least, give her a follow on socials because Mm -hmm. she'll give you a lot of info. Never met a match I couldn't handle. No one else could ever hold a candle. For a battle, cause you know As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.